Brother Nick told me that he wanted me to preach this Sunday so you would appreciate him more when he came back. <laughs> also told me that I could preach as long as I wanted. I just had to turn the lights out when I left. So, but uh, I'm, I'm glad to be here. I, you know, we're, uh, we're new members at Bear Creek Baptist Church, and the funny thing about it is we had been going to a church that was several miles from here, and we're about two miles down the road now, so I have no excuse for being late to Sunday school, so uh, that ruined that for me, but uh, I am glad to be here, and, and Sandy and I are glad to be a part of this uh, fellowship. Uh, we, have, uh, we have been warmly welcomed, and uh, we're very appreciative of that. We really and truly are. Uh, you know, there's, uh, I, I grew up in the, until uh, I was about 12 years old, my dad was in the Navy, and we ended up in the Northeast. And I grew up there for a few years and uh, lived in the city, uh, lived in Jersey City, New Jersey. That's right. I wasn't part of a gang then or anything like that, but, uh, and then we, we kind of moved out into the country, uh, uh, in central New Jersey. Um, I, I was actually born in South Carolina and we ended up there. So, you know, if, if you're a military person anyway, you know how that thing goes. You kind of, it's kind of like a checkerboard. You never know where you're going to be. Right. So, uh, we ended up there and, uh, went out to, uh, uh, this little place called, uh, Branchburg in New Jersey. And I remember my dad had, uh, gone to school to become a heating and air conditioning guy. And, of course, once he finished all of that, kind of realized that maybe New Jersey wasn't the best place to be an air conditioning guy. There had to be a better option. So we came to Texas, <laughs> you know. Uh, I, I tell people that, uh, that I, I'm not a native Texan, but got here as fast as I could, and I'm certainly a native Texan by marriage because Sandy... Uh, Sandy was born here, but uh, we came down here to Texas, landed in uh, Mesquite, Texas, and uh, we had been members of a different denomination other than Southern Baptist, and as a matter of fact, the only Baptist I'd ever heard of was John, and I know, knew how that turned out for him, so when, uh, when a friend of mine, a fellow by the name of Gary Blair in junior high, invited me to a revival, I had no idea what that was. And I uh, had no idea what a Baptist church was about because the church that I belonged to was very ritualistic. But I will tell you this, the church that I belonged to, there were very nice people. I had a great Sunday school teacher. But I can tell you, I don't remember one time, not one time in that church that anybody ever said to me, the only way to get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. Amen. Nobody said that. But I went to this church in Mosquito Stripe Baptist Church, and Brother Mickey Bonner was preaching. Brother Mickey's gone on to be with the Lord. As a matter of fact, Mickey Bonner preached up until his death. He literally died in the pulpit. Now, if you're a preacher, that's the way to go, right? But, uh, I, and I remember him saying that, uh, him being bold in saying that, hey, if you were to die tonight without Jesus Christ... You wouldn't go to heaven. And I remember thinking I wanted to go to heaven. Because I didn't know enough to know what the alternative was. 
And so some people would say, well, you were scared into that. You, you just got saved for fire insurance. And I'm here to tell you there's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with that. We need a few more people scared into the kingdom of God, uh, I think. So, uh, and you know, it, it got me to thinking as, as I prayed and asked God to, to give me a word today, it got me to thinking that where I found Jesus Christ and where God led me was through a Southern Baptist church. Now, I want to be very clear. I became a Christian long before I became a Southern Baptist. But God led me to this place for a reason. And I just wanted to share with you today the reasons that I am grateful to be a Southern Baptist. You know, there are a lot of churches, there are churches that are are kind of going that way of the seeker-friendly church and the the seeker-sensitive church. And I'm not here to put that down at all, you know. It, whatever, whatever gets people into where they can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, I'm for that. But so many of those churches, unfortunately, I see that are Baptist churches, you see along the way, they're deciding because of the stigma of being a Baptist church, they're dropping the name. Instead of so-and-so Baptist church, they're just so-and-so church, so-and-so community church. Now, I'm not going to fault anybody for that, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm proud to be a Southern Baptist, and I want to give you three reasons today why I believe God led me to be part of this denomination. The first one is, it's our mission. If you'll turn with me to the book of Matthew, the very last thing that Jesus said to his disciples, look at verses 18 and 20. 18 through 20, I'm sorry. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus' promise was, You follow my marching orders, and I'm going to be with you. And the mission of the Southern Baptist Church since 1845, for almost 175 years, the mission of the Southern Baptist Convention was to go into the world preaching and proclaiming that Jesus Christ is Lord. I'm proud of that. The Southern Baptist Convention was started in 1980, uh, I'm sorry, 1845 in Atlanta, Georgia. Now, there, you know, there, there's no perfection in anything, and certainly not within our denomination. But the thing that's so great about the mission is, is that each church is autonomous, each church is like-minded, but we pool our efforts. You see, those Southern Baptists back in that day didn't want their missionaries to have to come home and go from church to church to church begging for money so they could go back and live in poor conditions and serve the Lord. And through our giving, through that like-mindedness through the Southern Baptist Convention, our missionaries don't have to worry about having a decent place to live. They don't live in the lap of luxury, but they have a decent place to live. They have the resources they need to carry out the mission of going into the world and telling people about Jesus Christ. They don't have to worry 
about medical care. They don't have to worry about the future of their children. Every Southern Baptist missionary, their children get free tuition at any Southern Baptist-sponsored school in the United States. And folks, you and I, for all those years, for all the years that you may have been part of this church, this denomination, you have vicariously went on that mission trip with these men and women to tell people of Jesus Christ because of your support. I'm proud to be a Southern Baptist because of that mission. Because we have never wavered from that. There might be those that have disagreements. There might be those that think one way or the other. Most of the time it's more philosophy than it is theology. But that, that like-mindedness to serve God by carrying on the mission that Jesus gave all of us. And that is to carry the gospel throughout the world. Another reason that I'm proud to be a Southern Baptist is the method. In Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth, he basically said to them, when someone was a Jew, I spoke to them like a Jew. When someone was a Gentile, I reached out to them like a Gentile. When someone was weak, I became weak. In other words, I became all things to all men so that I might save some. Now, we're not going to save everybody. It's not our job to save anybody. You see, God may not have called you to be a harvester, but God has called each and every one of you to be a planter. And I'm proud of the method that we use because the Southern Baptist Convention and, and, and more closely to home, Southern Baptist churches have adopted that philosophy and theology that we are going to do all we can to win the right to tell people that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through Him. There are villages that will not accept that evangelistic missionary, but they'll accept a doctor. There are those villages and, and, and uh, those wayside places that we don't know about, that they don't want a church planter, but they need a farmer to tell them some, some new techniques. We, we even know, Sandy and I know some missionaries that went to a foreign country <clears throat> Excuse me, as travel agents so that they might win the right to tell people about Jesus. You know, in many of these countries, it's against the law. But even in China, if you are asked why you believe, why you believe. My, our daughter went over to China for a, a week or two few years ago and they went over to teach English and American customs and that type of thing and so of course they taught about our holidays and they brought up Easter and they brought up Christmas 
they could bring those things up because they were, they were holidays we celebrated. Well, at least we're able to celebrate them now. You know, who knows when uh, that may change. But right now, we celebrate those things. And when they were asked those questions, then they could tell them. They went over there for one reason, not to be deceptive, but to win the right to be heard and tell people, it's not Allah who saves you. It's not Muhammad who saves you. It's not Buddha who saves you. It's Jesus who saves you. And I'm proud of that method that we use. The entities within the Southern Baptist Convention that pool their resources to help churches like ours. I've known of churches that... uh, that had building projects. They wanted to add on to their church, but they didn't have the finances to hire workers to help them do it. Southern Baptists came in and helped them build their church. There are financial resources to help churches and pastors and missionaries with their, uh, with, with their money, with their health care, with their retirement. But most importantly... We have the International Mission Board and the North American Mission Board. The International Mission Board says that more than three, there are three billion who have not had a clear access to the gospel. So we still have work to do. But they also show that within the last couple of years, through the work of Southern Baptist missionaries, who have taken the mission of the Southern Baptist uh, uh, Convention, which is the mission that Christ gave to his disciples to take the gospel into all the world, that over 6 million people have been baptized in just the last couple of years. Six million. But still there's room for more. The, the International Mission Board works on relief efforts to those that have clean, don't have clean water or food or medical care, all in the name of carrying the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are organizations that go to third world countries and take medical care. There are organizations that, that feed children. All of these organizations are worthwhile and do good things, but folks, We don't do them just to feed somebody a loaf of bread. We do them to feed feed them bread that will never, ever, ever go away. I'm proud of that. The North American Mission, Mission Board works here in our country, Mexico and Canada. They work in the area of church planting going into areas that are unchurched. You know, there are some 50,000 Southern Baptist churches in the United States. According to the North American Mission Board, about 200 of those 50,000 churches are what you would consider mega churches. The rest of them are churches that have memberships of 200 or less. There are some areas in our country, you know, when you live in the Bible Belt, or what we used to call the buckle of the Bible belt here in Texas, you sometimes don't think that there are parts of the country where people don't hear the word of God. 
But there are parts of our country where, quite frankly, the Word of God is, is, is treated hostily. I used to tell people when I, when I left the pastorate that I decided to do mission work. And in that mission work, you know, uh, doing mission work sometimes is taking the gospel of Jesus Christ into an area that's not open to and often hostile to the word of God. So I went from the pastorate to public schools. Some of you will catch that joke out at lunch or something. Um, But the North American Mission Board sends people out to plant churches. They support missionaries that will go into an area where there's no work. And they will help them establish a church that leads people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. There's the Send Relief Mercy Ministry through the North American Mission Board. It's a ministry for hurting people, people in poverty, refugees, foster care, human trafficking, trafficking, and now those abused through ministries. This is all done through our work as we corporately together give as Southern Baptists. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that. Chaplains, military, corporate, hospitals, many trained through the Southern Baptist North American Mission Board. Disaster relief. You know, there's nowhere that we have seen any kind of disaster that has happened in this country that Southern Baptists have not been there. And they're not there handing out Bibles, so to speak. They're out there handing out food. But in doing so, they're able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with that person that's hungry. That person that's hungry for that one meal might take the opportunity to never be hungry again. It stirs my heart. To think that there are those that have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. But yet we as born again believers, we as Baptists, still carry on that work. And friends, you may have never participated in any of these ministries. But through your giving, you have participated in these ministries. The seminaries. There are six Southern Baptist seminaries In the United States, including the largest theological evangelical seminary in the world, right in our backyard. And I want to say a personal thanks, because through your giving to the Southern Baptist Convention, a young man several years ago was able to go to one of those seminaries And have an automatic scholarship as a Southern Baptist. You help thousands of men and women go to these seminaries. From the East Coast to the West Coast. New Orleans, Fort Worth, all the way to the heartland. Thousands of men and women who train for the gospel ministry. You have a vicarious stake 
in the preaching and teaching that goes on in every Southern Baptist church in this country. And as much as I, I'm grateful for the mission that Christ has given us, as much as I love the method that we use as Southern Baptists to deliver that, uh, that, that mission, I have to say that my favorite reason for being a Southern Baptist is our message. And our message is a simple message that's heard in many churches throughout this country, in, in many pamphlets, many times that lead people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that message is this, in a nutshell. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And on the other side of that nutshell is Jesus once again saying, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one, no one, no one comes to the Father except through me. It's not Jesus and baptism. It's not Jesus and church membership. It's not Jesus and someone else's personal philosophy. It's Jesus. Period. I heard a preacher say one time, the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. Well, friends, I got news for you. It doesn't make any difference whether I believe it or not. (laughs) God said it. But we live in a hostile time, my friends. We live in a hostile time. Where in our schools, in our workplace, there, there are those, in our Congress, there are those that would say that Jesus is not God. Jehovah is not the one to follow. And friends, I, I don't want to say this and sound like a smart aleck in doing so, but I will tell you this. When it comes to that great white throne of judgment... They're not going to be standing in front of Allah. They're not going to be standing in front of Buddha. They're going to be standing in front of the one and true living God. And I'm proud of being a Southern Baptist. Look, I'm proud of being a Christian. I'm grateful for what God has done in my life. Every day that I wake up and and live, I realize there's more and more I don't know. But I know this. No matter who I am, what I've done, what I might do that is contrary to God's character. When I stand before my Lord... The balance book is going to say paid in full. And that, my friends, is the message that we as Southern Baptists. I'm not trying to put down another denomination. I certainly don't want to put down any, any other church within our denomination. But I will tell you this. I'm grateful for Bear Creek Baptist Church. I'm grateful for a pastor 
that proclaims the word of God Sunday after Sunday. I'm grateful for our, our, our leaders in Sunday school classes that teach from the Bible and not from the current book of philosophy. I'm grateful for the music that we have week after week that leads us into the throne room of God. And I'm grateful that I have the privilege to stand in that throne room. Not by what I've done, but what he has done for me. That's the message of Southern Baptist churches. There are others that preach that same message. But I'm here. You're here. And I pray that God blesses our ministry in this community. You know, the Christian pollster, George Barna, said a few years ago on a study that he did, where he asked a group of people, what do you look for in a church? And when most folks said, well, they, they probably said they're looking for a friendly church. We, we want to go somewhere friendly. He said, no. He said, if they want friendly, they can go to Disneyland. What people want from a church is a caring church, a loving church, uh, in spite of who you are, loving church, in spite of what you've done, loving church. And I can't swear that every Baptist church I've ever been in has been that kind of church, but I can tell you most have. You want to find a healthy church? A healthy church doesn't have necessarily have thousands of members. A healthy church has a pastor that preaches the word of God and loves people. They love each other. They love people. They love God. This may have been an unusual sermon, but it's certainly something that was on my heart. We're going to have a time of invitation. You know, some of those churches that I talked about that are seeker-friendly and seeker-sensitive now, a lot of them don't have invitations anymore. You and I both know there's nothing magical about the invitation. But when Jesus called people, he called people publicly, and it gives us an opportunity to respond. Now, Maybe there's someone here today who doesn't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. I suspect that most of you are Christians. But there may be that one that has never made that profession of faith. Because it's not being a member of a church. It's being a member of the family. I want to extend an invitation not on my behalf or even the behalf of this church, but on our Savior's behalf, that if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, that today would be the day of your salvation. And folks, there are scoffers, 
Even in our churches, there are scoffers. All I've got to say is, look, if there's any part of the Bible that you do believe, what have you got to lose? Maybe you've been a church member for a long time, but you know things just aren't right in your relationship with God. Maybe you just want to pray about that. This invitation is for you. Maybe you want to make a public statement to this church that God has been laid something on your heart, a ministry or a desire or, or a rededication of your life. This invitation's for you. Now, we're not going to drag it out. We'll have a couple of verses. If no one comes, that's fine. If you want to just come down and pray at the altar, that's fine too. You, you don't have to talk to anybody because in a Baptist church, Jesus is your intercessor. The Holy Spirit is your intercessor. And so you can spend that time alone with God wherever you want to. Stephanie, I'm going to ask if you would, uh, we'll have our hymn of invitation. If God's speaking to your heart, come. Thank you so much for letting me be here today. Uh, for those of you that are truly brave, I will be back tonight. And tonight we're going to talk about the joy of fellowship. So I hope you'll be here. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We invite you to like us on Facebook or visit our website, www.bearcreekbaptist.org. If you're not a member of another church, we would like to invite you to join us in person and get to know us and let us get to know you. Have a great week and may the Lord richly bless you.